Welcome to Faith, Fact, and Fiction with your host, Len Parsons, on Anchor FM. Always something unique and different. Visit us at www.pastorlen.com. Scene change. It was deceptive how things changed continually, but yet stayed enough the same to keep me from taking drastic action. I've always been the kind of prepper who is private. I personally could never understand why someone would be preparing for the worst and yet have their information on YouTube or Facebook online chat rooms it always seemed to me that the best way to not be found was to never publicly declare yourself as a prepper. I've always felt that blending in is the best defense. One of my cats, beautiful calico, yet when it gets in the wilderness it blends in like camo. So for my stealth prepping. I've chosen to be invisible, not to appear too ready, not to appear too strong, not to appear as a threat, but yet not look like an easy target either. The little things that you learn through the years are what can cause you to be prepared for anything that is to come. Learning to eat snake as part of the military training. Learning how to process information when I was in surveillance in the service. And in all of these things to try to stay ahead of the situation in my mind. When things had first began to cloud on the horizon I'd been preparing even my cats. I'd begun taking them into the desert. Farther and farther each time. Because I knew we wouldn't be able to feed them. In a crisis. 
we would either be on our way or we would be with them. Either way, we would be unable to protect them. The time would come when the neighbors would see them as a potential meal. So I gradually got my cats used to going farther and farther into the desert, letting them become more and more dependent upon their own instincts to survive. Instinct to survive. It's one of the amazing things in the heart of man. While I've constantly struggled with when it's time to leave, I've always known I would leave right before it hit the fan. The trouble with this situation is it never quite hits the fan. It always seems to be safer to stay than it does to go. But if I look in the long term, it's far more dangerous to stay. This situation has been deceptively subtle. Never a clear time marked out. Never a line to cross. In fact, it was so slow that it was paralyzing. The indecision and the second guessing. It was just incredible. Nothing was cut and dry. The instinct of mankind is incredible. Things that we prepare for in our mind and then we find out our mind is not the ultimate reality. A few examples. Without electricity, with medication in short supply, were supply routes and supply sources of all kinds of pharmaceuticals, legal and non, cut off. It was amazing to see the different effects upon the people, individual people, who could not see themselves ever coming off of drugs. Some committed suicide. Some were put out of their misery by others. And some kicked the habit like it had never been a problem. In fact, 
The human body is such a strange machine. There were people who needed insulin to survive, and their body went right on when the insulin supply ceased. There were cases where people who had been on dialysis found their kidneys functioning again. People who were on heart medications, nerve medications, people who had arthritis, lupus, and a myriad of other diseases were somehow shocked by the change in the society and their body went on survival mode. It's a crazy thing. I remember years ago it happened to me. My sleep patterns had been so erratic I'd only been sleeping two to three hours a night for several years. My stomach was constantly in turmoil, constantly heartburn, pain, different joints in my body hurting. Got into a crisis situation, became homeless for a few days. My prepper mentality kicked in. I've told you before, I'm a mental prepper. I'm an analyzer. I'm an observer. I gather information like I did in the service. And I realized my body had shut down all the pain. I was able to sleep eight full hours. I didn't have heartburn. My stomach was fine. My digestion was fine. And my joints didn't hurt. And I told my body, Body, if you can feel good now because it's a crisis, then you're going to start feeling better when the crisis is over. Trade was a very big deal in our city. Money was absolutely worthless. Some of the first days, prices skyrocketed. Then a realization hit that all the money they were charging was worthless. In fact, it was crazy how quickly the federal government ceased to be an important part of our lives. Suddenly, the local government, the local economy, 
the local situation was all that seemed to matter. And money that was backed by a government that may or may not still exist was not very important at all. Trade became very important. Having something to trade. The value of what you had to trade really depended on how badly the other person needed what you had. It became my pursuit to not let anything of any potential value get away from me. Helping with the cleanup crews have been a great inspiration. Our city seemed to be secure on the side of town that headed toward the form of big cities. It was a lot loosely guarded, protected on the side toward the worst desert. There were times we were allowed. I'll take that back. We were never told that we couldn't go out into the desert. But it seemed to be unofficially official that you always went alone and your family stayed in the city. Unofficial, sir. Not official, ma'am. But it was a way to make sure you were coming back. I wondered at times why they would care if half of our population wandered off into the desert. If they died, there would be that much more left for the other half. But things don't always have to make sense. Nothing is ever as dangerous as it appears or as safe as it pretends to be. Scene change. As I work my way up through the local government, scene is non-threatening unassuming I was granted official permission to scavenge and so sometimes leaving at night traveling across the desert in the dark I would make visits upon abandoned cars and vehicles that had been left by their previous owners trying to escape. Some had run out of gas, some had had mechanical breakdowns, but when the people would leave their vehicle they couldn't carry everything 
And so the scavenging operation was to look for things that could be very valuable. Some for me and some official. The good news was I was not a looter. I was kind of like a privateer in the time of pirates. Sometimes I would find that others had been there ahead of me. Sometimes things were undisturbed. Sometimes there were messages of people's names hoping to make contact with relatives. Some left directions as to where they were from and where they were going. Some were cryptic, others were very plain. Some seemed to talk about a city of refuge. Occasionally written out, they were on their way to the city of refuge. Sometimes there would be a C and an R scraped into the side of the car on the hood or on the door. Usually it had an arrow pointed a certain direction. Oftentimes making me wonder if that's where they had headed when they left the vehicle. Now I didn't know where City of Refuge would be. Hopefully it wasn't our city or they would have found very little refuge there. Scene change. You know it's a funny thing. I've never been a religious man. But sometimes I wonder where all the Christians are. Was it really like one of those movies? Had they all disappeared and left us here? Were we really in the tribulation period? Whatever that was. And those kind of thoughts start to echo in your mind. The churches were empty in our city. In fact, pastors were gone. Those that fed the homeless seemed to have disappeared as well. Did they have advance notice? Did they leave town knowing what was to come? Did they run like cowards? Or, ha or had they gone on ahead to prepare for their families? I didn't know. But in times of indecision, I realized that the thing that I envied about Christians the most
was that they seemed to have a source of information beyond themselves. Now we could argue whether that source of information was right or wrong, whether it existed in reality or whether it existed in their imagination, somehow or another. They seem to be able to pray and come to a conclusion and go in that direction. Sometimes I envy that, having a source of information that's beyond my indecision. I used to say that love was enough. That if you love your family, you will know what to do. If you be a man, you'll know what to do. And yet I find myself perplexed. Should I stay? Should I go? Some days I wish it would just hit the fan. I wish they would declare something that was so bizarre I couldn't stay any longer. But that's not the way this is working. A little more every day. They just take a little more every day. Scene change. Sometimes we would scavenge in the desert, finding what we could for food, I began to take my girls with me, showing them the different things in the desert that could be eaten, things I'd learned in survival school in the military. Of course there was snake, there were some bugs, there were some plants. The Apache had survived for generations in this very area. In fact, I think it's important that when we talk about being a mental prepper, it's a gathering and storing of useful knowledge, information, ideas, and being able to turn them into practical solutions. It's been getting so hot that it's so impossible to keep your family indoors. Very little shade. One night I decided to take what I could and make a structure very similar to what the desert Indians are Native Americans or first peoples had done for centuries. Dug out shallow semicircle, not exactly round. In the backyard as close to the shade of the house for part of the day that we could receive. 
built a structure similar to a wigwam, similar to what the Navajo had, and I covered it with all of the natural materials that I could come up with, with dirt, some debris, scavenged items. And I told my girls it was their playhouse, that they needed to play in it during the daytime when it was hot. It was pleasantly cool compared to what we had. So much so that it was a survival item that at night we could stay in the house in the daytime. My family could play. Catch the word. Play. In our little adobe house. Nothing threatening. Nothing warlike. Just a playhouse. Scene change. This has been Faith, Fact and Fiction with your host Len Parsons on Anchor FM. Always something unique and different. Visit us at www.pastorlen.com.